The date is July 1st, 1998, and we're watching Armageddon. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. Hello and welcome to I Used to Like This One, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. My name is Sean Wells and with me, as always, is the freedom to my independence. Hello everybody, I'm Colin Stewart. I went with uh, Rockets this week. Why yeah, that's not? A, that's a good one. That's yeah. A good... yeah, that works. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun take on uh, my little thing that I do there. So so this week we're looking back at July 1998 when the movies and theaters were Mulan, Dr. Doolittle, Out of Sight, The X-Files, Fight the Future, and of course our movie for today, Armageddon, which earned $553.7 million crushing it on a $140 million budget. Ha- so- half a billion, that's not bad. Yeah. In 98. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember this movie being very popular, so that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Is this spoilers? Is that what we do next? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Call him back from his summer yeah, hiatus and, you know, vaca- forgets vacation, how to do the show. Vacation brain. Uh, yeah, so anyways, 1998, as you can guess, this movie is very popular. There will be spoilers ahead, so if you don't want to get hit in the space... Hit, Hitting the space, hitting the face by space rocks. There we World go. killing space rocks called spoilers. Then <laughs> please hit pause, go watch the movie, and then come back and hear what we have to say. So, Colin, I, I, I don't know if this is a record, but I found 12 taglines for this movie. Inconceivable. 12. They're, it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, I'd have to go back. I'd have to check the tapes and see whether we've ever had that many before. But okay, but I like a lot of these. These, these are fun. So okay, number one, it's closer than you think. <laughs> sure, I, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not, number two, nothing on earth can prepare you. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three, here's where we start getting fun earth it was fun while it lasted (laughs) interesting string of taglines like i'm into that one though we'll talk we'll talk about later but like i this movie totally i find very confusing well okay here here's the michael bay jerry brockheimer one the earth's darkest day will be man's finest hour there you go that's the one yeah yeah, that one's glistening. I mean, that I, I got a little Vince McMahon in there. I mean, that one was, you know, oh, brother, here we go. Yeah, man's finest hour. Well, number five, I mean, this one, this one is the love story one, maybe. It's for love, for honor, for mankind. I mean, that's also kind of, you know, Bruckheimer. That, that's, that's a solid... Solid Brockheimer, I think. That's a good tagline, <laughs> but not for this movie, I don't think. No? Okay. No. Yeah? Okay, well, number six, take the ride of your life. <laughs> no. Our first exclamation point. Our only exclamation point, I'll say, actually. Spoiler alert. Well, number seven, prepare to fight like there's no tomorrow. Uh? 
<laughs> Number eight. I this probably leans into the July first of it all. Uh, schools out forever. Schools <laughs> out forever. Come on, yeah. I mean, school would have just been out. Come see this movie. I guess you could die. I don't know. Uh, number nine. No more taxes ever. Isn't that just a continuation of "Schools Out for Summer"? Well, yeah, but it is. Uh, is well, it I like, don't think that's no part of the song. Teachers. <laughs> yeah, but well, see, but it is a line from the movie. No more taxes ever, and there is an ellipses. I mean, to make sure that you show Bruce Willis's dramatic pause in that. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, okay. Here's where they get really fun. Okay. I like this one because I love a pun. Number 10, time to kick some asteroid. Wow. Shit like that uh? would not slide today. Like that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that was, that's so dad jokey. It's not even funny. <laughs> well, number 11, this one is a clever one. I think all the time in the world is all they've got. It's true. I mean, that's that's a fortune cookie right there. All the time in the world is all they've got. All right. Hit me with number 12. Number 12. Heads up. What? <laughs> what <the> fuck. <laughs> I thought I saved the best for last. No, you don't like that one? You don't like heads up? Well, they may not be very good descriptions of this movie, so let's go to Colin and get a 60-second synopsis. Like, half of those taglines are just completely nonsensical. Yeah. And the other other half are, like, so generic that they could have been used for, like, any other Michael Bay film, like Transformers. That's true. Yeah, for love, for honor, for mankind. There's your, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I... They're still fun. And, and they're brief. At least they're not like draggy, ani type sentences. You know, they, they're, it's, nope, boom, heads up. <laughs> they should they should have just tagged don't want to miss a thing on mm. as a tagline for a good measure. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that could have worked. Yeah. Even on a jet plane. Leaving for that, leaving on a jet plane, there you go. This one's actually pretty long because I'd never seen this movie before, so. I took very a very detailed synopsizing as I went along. All right. All right. As if it's something we all might have forgotten, Armageddon starts with an ominous reminder of the asteroid that hit the Earth so hard it killed all the dinosaurs. Cut to present day, 1998, an astronaut is fiddling with the satellite when a barrage of asteroids upend all his hard work by killing him and the satellite he was working on before barreling towards the Earth, where they rain down on New York City, destroying the Big Apple and presumably many other cities around the globe. Safely in Air Force One, generic old white guy president is taking mission control to task about how they didn't see this coming, while some nondescript nerd rushes in and announces that another global killer meteor is going to hit the Earth in 18 days. And we're off to the races! (laughs) We sure are. (laughs) Somewhere in the South China Sea, oil driller Harry Stamper's day has gotten off to an awful start after he discovers his daughter Grace is sleeping with one of his employees, AJ. After attempting to murder AJ and then fixing his mess and narrowly avoiding an ecological disaster and everyone getting blown up, the United States government arrives to tell him that they need his drilling expertise in order to implement their plan to blow the killer meteor up from the inside. With the Earth on the line, Harry decides he'll need to go up himself. 
but he's going to need a team. Avengers Assemble! <laughs> With the drilling crew gathered at NASA in 12 days to get mission ready, a training montage commences where this group of grunts learns to become astronauts. Finally, the big day comes. The team heads to the Russian space station in two teams, the Freedom and the Independence, where they meet a stereotypically crazy Russian who asserts his dominance and teaches them how to fuel their machines. Naturally, Russian technology doesn't hold up and a gas leak causes the whole space station to explode. Sure does. <laughs> the Freedom and Independence narrowly escape and then proceed to slingshot around the moon to land on the asteroid. But in the process, the Independence gets taken out by space debris while the Freedom misses its landing mark and ends up on a piece of hard ground. The Freedom sets about trying to drill, but breaks a drill head in the process. Meanwhile, most of the Independence crew survives, and in an unapologetically American fashion, AJ shoots a hole through the damaged ship with an armed space rover. I'm going to say inexplicably armed space rover <laughs> to save himself and the survivors and drives, drives out to find Harry. Tensions are high and people can't get along. NASA loses communication with the crew and the president decides to go with plan B. Detonate the bomb stowed on the ship without Harry and company's knowledge. But the crew manages to deactivate it after working through their personal issues. Back to work. The freedom hits a gas pocket that blows up their drill and kills Max. It's all hopeful. I started naming the people who died at this point because... Some of these people were just, like, so... After a while, they just were, like, red shirts, is what I'll call them. <laughs> With all hope lost, the world prepares to die, but then AJ and the Independent show up to save the day. Harry learns to trust the boy, and he comes through big time, drilling that hole. AJ's success angers the meteor god, and it takes its vengeance by hurling rocks and unleashing gas explosions. In the process, Gruber is killed. We'll talk about Gruber. Gruber is killed, and the remote detonator for the bomb is damaged, meaning someone will need to stay behind and finish the job. AJ draws the short straw, but fulfilling his promise to Grace, Harry steps in, blows up the asteroid, and sends AJ home. <laughs> he sure does. That's your 60-second synopsis. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, it just sounds silly. I mean, you know... You know, of course it's going to sound silly when you lay it all out like that. Yeah, um, I guess. <laughs> Armageddon, 1998, I was 20 years old. I loved this movie. I was there for it. I was. I saw it in theaters. I had the soundtrack. I. I mean, I loved this movie. I'm always there for a good old Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay type, you know, just noise fest of nonsense. I'm always there for it. And Armageddon was one of the ones that I loved. Absolutely. Nice. Now, you say you had never seen this movie. So with it being a half a billion dollar movie, I'm wondering how this one slipped past you. I mean, 1998, you were what, grade nine? Yeah, so I, I remember this movie coming out, but you have to remember, I grew up in a small town with, yeah. like, limited movie theater access, mm -hmm. especially at that age. You know, there wasn't, like, the streaming services of today where, like, things would just naturally be on TV later. And honestly, maybe I'll talk about it. I was going to save it to the end, but I can talk about it now. I never was interested in watching this movie because my impression of it I, I realized in watching it was completely different. I thought this was a completely different movie than okay. what it is. If, if I had known what it was, I think I would have actually like 
been like, oh, I need to watch that. What did you think it was then? So, like a I Bible thought... story or something? No, 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 no. I just thought it was more like serious. Like I thought, oh. I was thinking Armageddon was was more like the the only thing I knew about it was that Bruce Willis sacrifices himself to like save this this like highly emotional moment. Yeah. The the first thing he filmed, by the way, oh, really? I found out. Yeah, that was the first scene he shot for this movie, and he oh, wow. he had pictures of his own daughters taped in front of him, and yeah. was u- using that to get there. You know. Wow. So yeah. But uh, yeah. So I think I thought this movie was gonna be more in the vein of like Pearl Harbor, I don't know, but like Pearl Harbor, Titanic, like Titanic. You know yeah, this yeah. big. This big emotional, like very grounded, not fun at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like okay. movie. Yeah, and so I think I was just never, I, I was never really drawn, even after when I was older, to like go out and and find it to watch. Because it, it the reason why though I think is because it has Bruce Willis and not Nicolas Cage, right? Because yeah. you you throw Nicolas Cage into one of these movies, you get Con Air, you get The Rock, you get Gone in sixty seconds. You yeah. throw Bruce Willis into this movie, and it's like, oh, maybe it'll be Twelve Monkeys though, you know? Yeah. I or you know, I I don't know. I just yeah, that yeah. that might be why is. You know, Nicolas Cage makes you, you know what kind of movie you're going to see if you go in to see a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, my bi- <laughs> my biggest memory of, I think, I, the other thing I think that painted my image of it was, this was also back in the, like, much music, MTV music video days. And yeah. I remember watching that Aerosmith music video so many times and be like oh man this this looks just looks so sad and emotional it's too much for my like grade nine feelings yeah okay but i mean i love that song and oh yeah that must have been out at every high school dance oh yeah that That was was like that was like the song when it came on in the dance it's like you needed to get the a girl to like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh don't want to close my eyes (laughs) yeah i remember like I, i i owned the album yeah, for the album soundtrack for this, and I which, remember which had which had the one track where it was like you actually listened to the clip from the movie where he's talking about fucking animal crackers and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with that, like my, I remember my uh, my one of my good high high school junior high friends, Josh. He was like obsessed with that song, and I can't remember if it was like in a class for some class presentation or something, but. I have this like vivid memory of him doing like, like before lip sync battle was a thing, doing the most epic lip sync to Don't Want to Miss a Thing that I've ever seen. It was so funny. Nice. It's nice. Yeah, still makes me laugh. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, really my only experience of Armageddon is through the Aerosmith music video and the soundtrack. Okay. Prior to watching it now. Fair enough. Well, here we go. Let's jump into Armageddon. Directed by Michael Bay, produced by Michael Bay, Gail Ann Hurd, and Jerry Bruckheimer, and written by Jonathan Hansley, who we talked about with Die Hard 3, J.J. Abrams, <laughs> right? I Like, that's, that's an impressive credit. Tony Gilroy, Shane Salerno, which it says it's an adaptation? I, I couldn't find any information about how this is actually an adaptation. So I don't know what Shane Salerno did. Now, 
for some reason that name stands out though to me like is yeah, that the guy say, that's yeah. he's like an editorial type guy isn't he yeah i don't know why that name stands out i i feel like we've talked about him on this podcast for some reason before but maybe i'm wrong yeah i'm not sure and one more writer robert roy pool and so we open this movie it's jerry bruckheimer here we go we we get the narration by charlton heston or yeah charl yeah charlton heston yeah i'm I'm looking at my uh my notes and uh my my notes say jerry brock timer here we go open a narration by charleston heston so you know it it had me confused there for a second but you know not like you said in your 60 second synopsis just a you know the the usual opening about dinosaurs how many times have we heard this story in an opening i mean god even even super mario brothers had that you know like (laughs) yeah it was uh years ago there's something there's something about the opening of this movie and that narration where i was just like man what a different time in filmmaking yeah like you just you just don't see like movies set the stage like that as much anymore but then it was but then i was a simultaneously kind of insulted like why do you have this movie why why does it have to give the ominous warning of it happened before it could happen again happen again yeah Yeah. like there's so there's so much just ham-fisted foreshadowing in this movie that at a certain point just drives you insane yeah yeah a little bit yeah but well you know yeah but it's just a question of when and we get the very fun explosive titles and then 65 million years later and so i guess nasa shows this movie to people during management training and has them try to spot as many errors as possible and so far 168 errors have been found during these management training sessions yeah so that's how many NASA errors are in this movie. But I mean, a big deal that they actually got to film at the Kennedy Space Center. I mean, that's that's huge. Or what, yeah. what is it Kennedy? Is that one I think that one's Kennedy, yeah. But anyway, at actual NASA. I could just say that at NASA. They film there. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. I don't know if you want to go through the cast list, but I was very excited to see Billy Bob Thornton in this movie. Yeah. Because I just feel like, I feel like I've only seen Billy Bob Thornton in like, like more recently. Like I haven't, I wouldn't even have known he was like really doing a lot of movies back then. Yeah. Well, you know, no, absolutely. That is uh, something that we started doing this summer without you is Aaron likes talking about cast lists. And I mean, sure. We didn't do it with Raphael, but, no one knows who any of those people are in that movie. So, <laughs> no, let, we, we we might as well talk about this cast list because, I mean, this is as stacked as you get, I think. So, okay, cast list? You betcha. Yeah, I mean. Well, oh. I'm not, not going to go through everybody, but I'll hit the oh, major no. players. Oh, no. We're, we're, <laughs> I, yeah, there's so many here. But, yeah, let's run this down here. Bruce Willis? First off, is- yeah. Bruce Willis, our A-lister, John McClane, as Harry S. Stamper. Harry Stamper. You know, they wanted Schwarzenegger for this. But, Ooh. and, 
Yeah, and Schwarzenegger refused two Michael Bay movies in a row. He was also offered The Rock in 1996. That one, I can't see him being better than yeah. Nicolas Cage in that movie. But unless he was Sean Connery. Unless you're Sean Connery, but I can see I can see Schwarzenegger in in the Bruce Willis role in this movie. Yeah. Well, I I read a fun fact about Bruce Willis in this movie. This is his twelfth last movie before going bald. To be honest, I didn't even notice that he wasn't bald in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I think funny. I just per- I just think I just permanently envisioned him always as being bald. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, okay. So next up, I mean, you mentioned him already. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton is Dan Truman. You know, I I was reading a lot in the, about this movie, and there were so many people that seemed to be apologizing for this movie, like the actors of this movie, and even Michael Bay says that like it's not his best work, like he he doesn't like it very much, and I'm like, it's not that bad, and that's what Billy Bob Thornton said about it, says about it when he defends it, is he's like, he admits that it was for money, but it wasn't that bad. I would say like. This the only bad part about this movie, in my opinion, is is like for what it is, like it's not high art. Yeah, <laughs> like I think I think it serves like a good like action, co- like comedy. You know, it's a popcorn flick. Yeah, like yeah. like it serves that purpose well. Yeah, but I think like the only thing that I find like shoddy often is like the science. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, but I mean. <laughs> You expected like liberties to be taken in this type of movie. I would I would have said like, well, we'll get to her in a couple, but I would have said the only person who maybe should be ashamed of their acting performance in this movie is Liv Tyler. Is Liv Tyler? Yeah. Well, as Grace Stamper, yeah, they they wanted Mila Jovovich or Robin Wright or Denise Richards. Those those were all people, or wow. maybe they auditioned for it. I I forget which way it went, but yeah, but. You might have had a bit more uh, acting chops behind you if you had had, like, Robin Wright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we went past Ben Affleck, who's the bomb in Phantoms. Yeah. Uh, he is AJ Frost. I guess he's someone that insults the movie during the commentary on the DVD. Really? And I'm, and I'm like, you know, like, calm down, Ben. You, you did Daredevil <laughs> and Reindeer Games. Yeah. Come on, man. Like... <laughs> Like Armageddon is high art yeah, <laughs> compared to Daredevil. Well, I mean, I mean, on the co- I'm assuming the commentary was taped like shortly after the movie, or unless it was a more recent release. But like, if only that Affleck knew it was to come. Like, yeah. let's not forget Geely and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Like, yeah, yeah. Ben Ben's had a few stinkers. Yeah. So then, like, the one guy that I don't know is the, the next one after Liv Tyler is... Will Patton. Will Patton is Chick. I, I don't know him from anything else. I know his face. Yeah. Well, he does have a very distinct face. Like, I know I've seen him and I just want to see what other movies he was in. Because for, for a second, I thought he was... Um, who's the dude from Twister? Bill... Oh, Bill Paxton? What? Bill Paxton. Oh no! Okay, no, I don't know. He almost gives me Woody Harrelson oh, vibes in a way. He's the other coach in Remember the Titans. Oh. That's where I know him. Okay, from. there you go. Yeah. Okay. He's also in Gone in sixty seconds. 
which is another movie oh, that you should watch on the show. <laughs> shit. Yes, that's where I know him from. Gone in 60 Seconds. Because I love that movie, too. Those are the only two that kind of pop out at you. Know, you. At the pop out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Steve Buscemi. I would like to know what the, the, the point of Steve Buscemi's career where he decided he wanted to be like a real actor. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it's Boardwalk Empire. But, because uh, I was just like, oh, it's just the guy from every Adam Sin. Like, he yeah. is funny. Like, he's a, he's a good comedy guy. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of like a darker Steve Buscemi. You like a Coen Brothers Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Uh, he did this one because he wanted a bigger house. That That's what he admits to. <laughs> so it's funny yeah this movie this movie is they must have just been marketing this movie to all these people like like a million like like two million dollars guaranteed minimum uh, yeah they, they must have just started backing trucks of money up like yeah yeah and but yeah he Rockhound. he's these the he gets like another slimy character in a jerry bruckheimer film yeah yeah William Fitchner, which I basically only know as like the evil henchman in like a million different movies. No, yeah, he's but he is also like he's in the sitcom Mom, and he was on Prison Break. I, I believe he was one of the cops on Prison Break. I guess, but it was probably turned around because I feel like the cops were the bad guys in Prison Break. Oh is yeah, I guess the, so. The a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he is distantly related to both Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. All three of them are distantly related from like an English Baldwin family bloodline. Ew, Ben, you were kissing your cousin. <laughs> well, aren't him and Matt Damon somehow related? And we, we know those guys have been making out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how do you like them apples? Yeah. And then and then we get the one that's like absolutely uh shocking in this movie because he was like nobody in this movie, but Owen Wilson as Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> he he shows up fun, but he his death is so unceremonious that like I kind of just by and and they just like blow past it so fast that by the end of the movie I was like Oh wait, what happened to Owen Wilson? Yeah, and then I saw the, the, his little picture at the funeral, and I was like, "Oh, he died." Yeah, Max's death was a much bigger deal, and it's like, who the fuck is this guy? I've seen that guy's in Groundhog Day. That's the only thing I recognize—the guy that plays Max, the Ken Hudson Pet Campbell. Doesn't even have mm -hmm. an easy name to remember. At least Michael Clark Duncan sounds good, right? Yeah, and he gets a sweet name. Bear. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny because I'm just noticing that there was an a an actual guy on set whose middle name was bear or like nickname was actually bear oh yeah movie. so i wonder if i wonder if maybe bear is named after this dude yeah michael bear talifero who his his character description is roughneck number two. Oh, huh yeah and then the list just goes on and on keith david who we saw in something about mary is general kimsey peter stormare is lev adropov uh, you know, we got Lucius Malfoy, Jason Isaacs as Ronald Quincy, Eddie Griffin, like it go, Ellen Cleghorn, who I know from SNL, and then uh, the one that did you notice April O'Neil in this movie? No, I saw her name, and then I—that's Chick's Is wife. She Chick's wife. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And Michael yeah. Bay, of course, makes a cameo because he's Michael Bay, and that's what he does. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you, you were, yeah, she has a very memorable name. That's that's the big thing about her, right? Is you see that, and it's like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, like I, I didn't, cl- I didn't clue in when I saw her as I was watching the movie. Neither so did I. I saw, actually. When I saw her name, I was like, oh, and then I thought back. Yeah, that's the thing that surprised me is I know this movie so well, and I never once realized that that was April O'Neil. I'm like, oh, I learned something this time on this mm-hmm. viewing. Yeah. Right on. So we open the movie after like our little, you know, it could happen again. We we see astronauts getting blowed up, you know, by little meteor fragments. They're pellets that are hitting them. Gravel. They're getting shrapneled on as they're trying to do, uh, you know, a uh, a repair. But, you know, I got to say, like, Billy Bob Thornton, man, like, he is so cool where it's like, you know, I tell you what, I'll give you a buffalo nickel if you just don't calm down a minute. You know, like it's yeah. like I like his character. I like Truman. Yeah, I mean, I just like I think I think I just like Billy Bob Thornton. He's one of those actors where I'm like, he is himself. Like I don't, I can't think of a time where I saw Billy Bob Thornton playing like a really distinct character. Yeah, I just Sling like Blade, always... Sling Blade. If you've ever seen okay. that, yeah, that's. Yeah, he's got a very uh of mice and men type character in that one. He's he's a Lenny type. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he has he has a really cool affect that I like. I am not seeing who the astronaut was, who the actor is who was playing the astronaut working on that satellite, but for some reason I really thought it was Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that can't be true, right? That, like, that, that right? Like, no, I don't that think that, that. That can't be like an uncredited... <laughs> uncredited Jeff Goldblum? No, I don't think it is. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, we're thrown right into this movie, though. Like, it, it right from the start, it's just go, 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 because just like any Michael Bay type movie, it it has to introduce all the different players. And that's one of the things I've always liked about Armageddon though, is the fact that it's, it's an ensemble thing. Like as much as it's a Bruce Willis movie, it's, it really is more of an ensemble movie. Like Billy Bob gets a lot of his own due. And so does, so does AJ Ben mm-hmm. Affleck gets a lot, you know, like everyone gets their moments. Yeah. Even, they they do do well as the movie goes on, but I mean I also just appreciate any movie that just opens up with you're just like you hit the ground running. Yeah, huh? I, what I, you I, gonna I, do I, now? I was, <laughs> I was shocked that like Eddie Griffin's character didn't become. There are two things. I thought that character was somehow gonna be on the ship, like yeah. he was gonna be somebody. And wh- why did they abandon so quickly that like weird guy who was looking at the satellite? Um, the, oh like, uh, yeah, Earl and Dottie. That yeah. guy had some classic, like classic one-liners that were so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he is great, especially his. You know, I want to name it after my wife, Dottie. <laughs> <It's laughs> Cold hard bitch. She, she's a vicious, <laughs> life sucking bitch that there's no escape from. <laughs> yeah, that was so uh, yeah, Eddie Griffin with with his bike messenger thing. That dog was trained to attack Godzilla toys. 
<laughs> so so they they would have to hold like a card in front of the Godzilla toys until action was said and then remove the card out of the way so yeah. that the and the dog would go berserk. <laughs> yeah. The other thing too about that opening scene, it's funny because I've, I've seen like the Transformer movies and I remember like people always complain about the Transformers movies because they're just so emblematic of Michael Bay's film style, I guess. His flash. But yeah. Yeah, his flash. Similar to the way people always make fun of like the JJ Abrams lens flare. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but it was funny having not seen this movie, which I'm assuming has to be like close to the beginning of his career. Yeah. To like have having seen all these other movies first and then could go back and be like, oh like now I now I like see I, under, I understand I what people are saying. Yeah. Even even the like the weird like from from the street angles up to the sky that he likes to do for the space debris, yeah, and and, and all that. Like he he quite funny. often likes to have someone standing on a pile of debris or something staring up at the sky, you know, yeah. just like silhouetted. Yeah, there's that one a lot. Um, and I mean the the America of it all because yeah. there's definitely yeah. a lot of flags, a lot of patriotic symbolism. Yeah, and I gotta, I, I love how as soon as these things start, the, these meteors start hitting, that the the uh, U.S. government automatically deploy their military because they think that it's a surprise missile attack. Like that, that's your number one go to. You're not like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's got to be missiles. Wait a minute, like uh, has everyone anyone checked the sky? Like maybe it's a meteor. And there's that line too that Truman says about how. Like there's only there's only like nine satellites that would I actually really love this callback. He he says something to the effect of there's only nine satellites that could have detected this thing and we own eight of them. Yeah, we control. And then and then, and then yeah. later on in the movie, they, some news reporter makes reference to like a French satellite that picked up that the thing was coming close. I like that a lot. Yeah, subtle subtlety, good things. <laughs> uh. When the meteor strikes happen all over New York City, though, I gotta say the one hitting the World Trade Center was kind of hard to watch. <laughs> but you know, there there was also a part of me that was kind of like, you know, though they kind of got it right. <laughs> yeah, because it was a controlled explosion. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no like later on you see the smoke plume coming off of it and it's just like that's kind of how it looked like i mean yeah. they, they sort of got it right i mean that that's that's the one part that added realism of the to this movie for me yeah <laughs> so again just staying with the breakneck speed that we have this movie we find out that there's like 18 days before it hits earth here we go. That's it. We got a deadline. It's it's happening now. Yeah. It There's something about how they use the meteor in this movie where they it's almost like they want you to think it's alive. Like it's yeah. intentionally coming. Like there's like the weird way that they keep cutting to it like showing its weird blue rocks. It's P P O V angle and and then, like, yeah, I'm like I was saying you. in my synopsis, how like at the end when they blow the gas, they get the whole all all of a sudden it like it's like it comes to life and is trying to defend itself. It's yeah. really strange. But. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, no matter or like everything that can go wrong, 
of course does go wrong in this movie yeah but somehow they persevere yeah <laughs> yeah i i was shocked i think it's the point after their training when they get to the russian space station that's that's the like halfway point of the movie yeah. Like I, th- I thought by an hour into this movie we were gonna be on the, or like we were gonna be on the on the rocket ready to blow it up. Yep. No. No. It it, uh, it definitely going. takes its time. Well, because you know, as as breakneck speed as this opening is, then all of a sudden it slows down for a bit. Yeah. And we get to spend some time on the oil rig. Yeah. And and, and meet all the roughnecks, you know. So. And get some comedy. We get him driving golf balls at the uh, at the Greenpeace guys and all that sort of stuff. You know, but it just it it's like okay, now you can breathe for a bit because we're gonna be throwing more shit at you right away. Yeah, I thought it was curious when we get to the oils tanker that for all the shit that Harry gives AJ later about using that one rig when he told him not to and that they have the whole leak and everything and it's gonna blow up. Yeah. I don't know that, like, shooting a gun at somebody... Well, shooting a gun at somebody is wrong. You shouldn't do that. But I don't know right, that shooting yes. a gun next to, like, live oil pipes no, on, a, no, on, a, on an oil rig is the best the best thing to be doing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that oil rigs probably have a strict non-smoking policy. And, yeah, your shrapnel is going to throw off sparks. You're, mm. you're risking some stuff there. Yeah, but you know, so. I I do want to mention something about him driving the golf balls at Greenpeace. It's a golf ball brand that I have never, ever heard of, and I think I need to talk about it in sponsorship corner. All right. It legitimately is, though. I've never heard of this uh, this golf ball brand. Always on the lookout for product placements in movies. This week, Armageddon is brought to you by Denon, Panasonic, General Electric, Hewlett-Packard, Minolta, Nokia, and Sony Electronics, Cadillac, Chevrolet, GMC, Ford, BMW, and Harley-Davidson vehicles. You'd think they were doing a Transformers movie. <laughs> Airstream Trailers, BFI Waste, MetLife. Now, here's the golf balls. Srixon? s-r-i-x-o-n but i googled it it's legit but yeah i don't know i've heard of a title list yeah i was gonna say i could think of title list and Callaway. the top flight top flight yeah. sure yeah yeah well uh victorinox which is swiss army knife there's a there's a symbol on one of their helmets Braun, uh the barclay hotel cnn coca-cola nabisco animal crackers and nasa Plus the fictional AJ Frost oil and Stamper oil. And probably brought to you by Aerosmith. I think you could say this movie's brought to you by Aerosmith. Because goddamn is the soundtrack Aerosmith heavy. And this has been Sponsorship Corner. So AJ is banging the boss's daughter. Yeah, he that's is. what we find out yeah he sure is he's 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 a bad he's a naughty he's a naughty naughty employee you don't bang the boss's daughter 
I will say, they don't do, like, that good of a job of making AJ seem like he might be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he, I, I feel like almost from the jump, you kind of were like, oh, Harry's just overreacting. Like, what? For all, for all the introducing people that they do, they don't... They don't With all the criminal records and, and all the, you know, different drugs that they take. Yeah, yeah the, okay. The, the history lessons... They don't. They don't really elaborate a lot on that relationship. Like you kind of just get oh. the sense like he's just doesn't he want. Seems him. like a good dude. Yeah, she doesn't want him to date her because he works for, or maybe it's just like he knows the type of people that are on the oil field. But it's like, well, he he does say that at one point that I, you know, she can do better than a roughneck, mm-hmm. right? You know, like I I don't want her dating a roughneck. It's it's like that whole mentality of. Well, you know, I don't want you dating a cop because, you know, I dated a cop and I know what it's like. You know, I think that's kind of what it's like. I don't know. That, yeah. That's the sense that I get is, yeah. Yeah. But it just seems like he's ni- He's so nice to her. I yeah, he, he, As a father, like a I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if he's this much of a piece of shit, like, is he that good of a worker to keep him around? Like... Okay, so maybe he's a little sloppy in his work. He he fires up oil drills that he's not supposed to be firing up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the seems other like thing is nice like guy. you get the sense that he is like I would say impulsive. Yeah, and, and oh, kind yeah. of and, and like brash, I suppose. But like you also kind of get the sense like he is the second best driller that there is. That's true. So yeah, yeah. an AJ backstory would have definitely contributed significantly i think yeah like even even as part of the rundown when when they do the montage when they're trying to collect all the people because they scatter after they get off the rig yeah they at least do the voiceover of you know oh yeah you're gonna find this guy here doing this but it's like yeah nothing about aj yeah he goes and starts his own business right one thing I, I got to say about the uh the oil rig they they bring in the very important clients I my question is about Liv Tyler's character. Why would you wear high heels on an oil rig? Like the 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 ground is mostly metal grating. Even the office person like you know should be there with the proper protective equipment on. I mean, if you're an office person and you go and tour the job site, you have to put on hard hats. None of the clients are wearing hard hats either. Where's the PPE? If this rig is so dangerous, yeah, that's very true. That there's not. I would I would have expected to see more like respirators and more. I don't know any PPE really. There's not. There's not a yeah. whole lot. But high heel shoes, Grace. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You know better. Yeah. Who is Who is in the like? Uh, what are they? The, there's like a costume department, department? Like a, yeah, a department for that. They should have, they should have thought about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess the romantic subplot was added, though, at the last minute kind of thing, because oh, they, uh, because Titanic had so successfully used a love story in their billion dollar movie that Armageddon's like, you know what? We need to lo- lean into the subplot of these two falling in love. Hmm. Yeah. Except unlike Titanic, they saved him at the end. <laughs> just they just murked her dad. <laughs> yeah. They should have went down together. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know who actually should who should have died and it would have been way more emotional is Chick. Yeah. Like if he yeah. if he dies and is like a hero to he with his whole like weird relationship whatever is going on that they don't yeah. they don't really explain like why he's estranged from his family or why his presumed yeah, yeah. ex-wife I guess is like like his kid doesn't even really know that he's his dad that's so weird right yeah that's a salesman yeah. yeah that that would have been definitely a blow that should have been interesting yeah. Because she has that whole moment where she's like, that's no salesman. He's your daddy. Yeah. And then it's like, and then to find out that, oh, and now he's dead. So <laughs> glad you met him that once. <laughs> Enjoy revisiting that in therapy in 20 years, kid. <laughs> even, even the way the movie ends when they, when she shows up, are they back together now? Like, I don't know. Seems like they're like kissing and stuff. Yeah, weird. yeah. It, Very nineties, sort of it's, like the broken family always has to come together at the end. It is, yeah. It's like this moment of you know, well, you did something in life, so I guess you're not a deadbeat after all. So now I do love. Yeah, again, a little more backstory might have helped in that situation, but uh, well. You know, NASA has figured out the problem. The smartest guy in the room saves the day. Lucius Malfoy saves the day, comes in and explains that, no, you have to blow it up from the inside. And so they need the world's best deep core driller. They need Harry Stamper. And so we get the oil guys roped into the situation here. I, I like the part in Billy Bob's speech about why they haven't told anybody, you know, the worst parts of the Bible, you know, and he, he dances around like, Oh, yeah, no, it's because of the riots, the looting. It's the worst parts of the Bible. It would be mass panic. And it's like, so are, are you just trying not to say the word Armageddon? Like, is that what you're trying to say? Everything that is Armageddon without saying Armageddon? Is that what you're trying to do? Do they ever <laughs> actually say it? No, I don't think they do. No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You'd, you'd think that that would be a line that Steve Buscemi's character would have, you know? Yeah. Some, something to do with Armageddon. Yeah. But, you know, meanwhile, when people actually do find out about the asteroid, there is no looting or mass panic or anything shown in that moment. So, which I find interesting. He was wrong. Yeah, everybody kind of just like cuddles together in their family unit. Yeah. But, you know, he, he decides he's going to do the job. And so we get our first montage. We get our montage of them relocating everybody after they've gone AWOL <laughs> since they got off the rig. I guess it was just a scene like to be expected in a movie of this type in the 1990s of just you know you you got you got your like round them up soundtrack going and then yeah it's like everybody has their own little motif like there's a cowboy yeah. a gambler <laughs> like oh, the, the horn dog yeah I like the shot of him uh, being chased by the helicopters on his horse. That was definitely okay. Okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> they needed to give these guys a little more delineation of like what, like special, like what their specialty is, like yeah, so that we could learn a little bit more about the drilling process. Like, oh, this well, this, yeah, Rockhound is the smart guy. This guy's like our locator. He finds the spot where we drill, and this person, like, yeah. he's like clearly aj is like the best drill operator you can find or whatever but like 
Well, yeah, Matt Max seemed to be the guy that was running the machine. Yeah, there just like, there, there wasn't like for all the people who end up dying, there wasn't a lot of explanation about why they needed so many guys. I guess yeah. they were kind of sending two teams just to have like in case in case one got damaged or broke down, I suppose. But yeah, well, yeah, NASA always doubles up. They say yeah, right. So so you got to have that. Yeah, you have to have the contingency plan. And then have both of them fail. But yeah, that that's the only reason why they're sending up the two teams. But yeah, the team is only four people then, right? No, or is it eight people? Eight people. Eight. I don't know. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like uh Bear was just muscle. Yeah. He, he seemed to be the one that was just hauling the pipes. Yeah. That's all he was doing, going back and forth carrying pipe. <laughs> Lane pipe. <laughs> yeah, so we've rounded up all our guys. And and what's in it for them? I love their list of demands. Like especially Bear. Oh my god. Yeah, he wants to stay in the uh, White Horse? White House. White House. Oh yeah, he wants to stay in the Lincoln bedroom at the White House for the summer. Like just things like that. Yeah. They they want to know who really shot Kennedy. You guys wouldn't happen to know that. Like I I just yeah. A great moment, except for the fact that we get like you know a heavy retard bomb thrown in by Keith David. This is who we got to save the world. Ah, oh, come on, nineteen ninety eight. Do better. Do better. Yeah, it was a different time back then. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, for some reason, NASA needed like say they say they developed a spaceship that was like. It had the operations of a standard city bus, and for some reason, the end of the world came, and they only had you to. They they needed a bus driver to, to drive it. Would you Would you offer yourself to go to space? Uh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, I I guess I'd have to. It would be my duty. But there's better bus drivers than me. So. <laughs> They're all dead. I, ca- They're all I, dead. I came in third in the competition. You don't want third place. You want the world's best deep core dr- driller. Yeah. Maybe that's a uh, chop, chop that one down for like our eventual fiction podcast. Of that's right. The bus yeah. driver who saved the world. <laughs> the bus driver who saved the world. Bus man. Yeah. There we go. But I, I think, I think the fact though, that none of them want to pay taxes again ever. Like, I, I feel like that's a fair trade off if they survive. Right. That seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I, I probably would have pushed to say, like, I don't want taxes and I basically want, like, a retirement fund. Yeah, like, that I'd too. Feel like, I don't, I, I want, like, you, even if it was, like, so, like, like five grand a month for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, like, even just, like, a basic income and yeah. no taxes. I kind of want to stop being a driller. How about that? That, that would yeah. be nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, I never want to have to drill again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then Greenpeace will be happy. I mean, in in a weird way, like AJ was probably set for life after he got back. Because I mean, who's not going to hire the guy who drilled the hole on the moon? Yeah, like that 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 tagline writes itself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, it it was it was dangerous. It was you know I I flew a car, man. Not only can I drill your hole, but I can fly your car. <laughs> yeah, I have space, I have space training. Yeah. 
So yeah, we get training montage, like good old montages. Montages just make this movie just clip along, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got the weird scene between AJ and and Grace where he's like he's doing the dinosaurs or the plastic animals on her stomach and deciding yeah. he wants to go north or south. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the, the one thing I like in the montage is the whole bit about their the psychoanalyzing this. Oh, this is this is Harry saying I'm not good enough for his daughter. Oh, and this is Harry saying I'm not good enough to be, you know, like all that sort of stuff. Or uh, just the, the thing that's freaking me out is this room, man. Like stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, all their medical testing and then their training. And yeah, they, they need their di- day off. So we, we get the his Discovery Channel or Animal Planet yeah north to the mountainous peaks above yeah Ugh. <laughs> yeah so those, uh, those moments that ben affleck really shines i i, I suppose so sure yeah that's uh I'm, like i actually think i think that ben affleck is a great actor he's probably one of my favorite actors but he's also very very good at playing a slime ball and very very good at just playing like an absolute douche true yeah yeah but i don't know i i think he's charming in this movie he's, like you said i'd let him date my daughter sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this character the character of aj you know uh yeah from what i know about him mm-hmm. <laughs> from what little we know yeah yeah and then the the other ones that also take their night to just the strippers you know let's go Let's go borrow forty grand from a loan shark and uh yeah, like he he was the wrong guy to go along right from the beginning, of course he was the one to get space dementia he he went up thinking that he was gonna die <laughs> space dementia that I don't know if you looked at is that a real thing? It <laughs> is a thing it oh, is wow. a thing, and what they did with ta- with duct taping him to the chair is actually what you're supposed to do with someone with space dementia. Hmm. Yeah. That that was one of the things that's actually kind of right, that's is that if people have space, <laughs> space madness, you are supposed to duct tape them to, you know, a chair. I, they, uh, they spend an awful lot of time in gravity for this movie that takes place in space, you know? Like, they, they've got all the different tricks. Let's spin Mirror to you know get some simulated gravity and and let's uh oh good this this asteroid has as much gravity as the moon you know like of course and but they also have the reverse thrusters on their suits to make sure that they don't have to bounce around too much either (laughs) they really just didn't even want these guys on wires to like do some moonwalking yeah that's like what do you even do a space movie for if you're not going to have that that big moonwalk of everybody jumping up in the air scene. Yeah. Like, and when they get to mirror and they start spinning mirror to get the fake gravity, my thought is like, okay, this astronaut has been in weightlessness for 18 months and you're expecting him to run back and forth. He hasn't been rehabilitated to gravity yet. Yeah. His legs are just going to shatter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like a little pool, a little pool of skin. Yeah. 
And then I like how, like, in the middle of the movie, though, like, when they're out partying, a small piece hits Shanghai and kills 50,000 people. Just just so that the world now knows and, you know, just to remind us that Dottie's a coming. Yeah, I thought maybe I, maybe it was only New York, but I thought at the beginning, like, some ass, like some of the debris hit elsewhere, but it was just America at that time. Yeah, the so first one was just the eastern seaboard. Okay. Yeah. And then Shanghai and then and then Paris at one point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just cuz why not? Let's destroy Paris. Yeah, we need to make sure that we get all our landmarks taken out. Right. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. Did you see anywhere that you'd been from your Paris trip when you were there? Oh, I saw the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower. <laughs> it, it it was a weird angle. <laughs> You're like, I was standing right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's also amazing how, like, in the middle of this major crisis, th- this is one of the things that I love the most. You know, with, like, only two and a half weeks until this thing hits, they have gone and made, like, special mission patches for their suits. Like, I, I can't believe how much... They still care about, like, the pageantry of it all. You know, we have to make sure. Like, the fact that when they get on the asteroid and they plant an American flag. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Sean, it's tradition. (laughs) America will not be denied. We, We claim this in the name of America and then we're going to blow it to smithereens. Like, I... I I just yeah I couldn't get over the fact though that they have special mission patches. It's like maybe you just don't worry about it. Just like you know, use whatever suits are already made. Get them up there. Let's yeah. let's get the yeah. And don't we want to get it done like sooner rather than later? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, except the whole mission uh, involves slingshotting around the moon, so you do have to wait till a specific time. You right. Can't fly out to deep space and come up on Dottie. So, like, the next thing they do is they go to meet Lev on the Russian space station, right? And I, maybe I'm wrong. I thought, did the International Space Station not exist at this point? Is that yeah. is that a newer thing? I don't know. ISS build date. Its main construction was completed between 1998 and 2011. So, ah. no. The International Space Station started construction the year this movie came out. So, if there was anything up there, it was still even smaller than Mir at that point. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, good. That's a history lesson for me. I guess I've always just assumed that that there was, it was always the ISS. I didn't realize there was a time where there was a bunch of different different countries. I guess NASA, I'm assuming, and Russia had their own separate space stations. Yeah, yeah, Mir. Yeah, like that's the thing is Mir is an actual space station. So, yeah, yeah. so Par- Paris, New York, and uh, Shanghai, and Mir. There we go. Yeah, we've blown up four major landmarks. Yeah, I think Mir is actually one of the ones that they like ended up crashing into the moon or something to get rid of it. Or maybe it's still up there. I don't know. I don't remember. Huh. All the things I don't know about space. <laughs> they give uh they give a lot of the people, especially someone like Truman, a lot of the lines that 
you you did mention the amount of foreshadowing that's in this movie, mm-hmm. but I they give him a lot of the lines that help to close some of the holes or there's it seems like they're hoping to close some of the holes with it you know things like you know how did you not see this asteroid coming well you know the the budget only provides us enough resources to look at one percent of the sky and i beg your pardon sir but it's a big ass sky you know things like that yeah so they they at least try to close as many holes as possible oh that reminded me is it is there something to I've I'm kind of noticing the more movies we watch where there's like a president of the United States, it must be like a Hollywood tactic to just never make them like the president is just they're never like ever named except for Independence Day I guess like when they have yeah, like a pivotal yeah. role yeah they're all they're always just Mr. President they're never like they're never like an actual person they're just a no. figurehead no and I mean like most other Jerry Bruckheimer films they they did have an opportunity here to have a president give a speech while we show various patriotic things mm-hmm. yeah yeah so they they did do that yeah yeah i i don't know i whatever why why do we need to complicate things by giving the president a name yeah it's just an interesting yeah it's just interesting to me because it, it, i guess it adds like a timelessness to like that like the movie like it would it would be weird it'd be weird if i went back and watched armageddon and it was like bill clinton yeah like okay. having, like, because then i'd be like oh like it's too, it's almost like it makes it too real <laughs> yeah true yeah like when, when when it's like not a real president you can almost just imagine this exists in some alternate multiverse reality i don't know that's true that's true a reality in which paris has been destroyed by, yeah. by an asteroid yeah I, I i did miss the part about them singing goodbye to uh to everybody on the on the ground you know I, yeah I, I, william fitcher has some good lines too. talk about the wrong stuff i like that line as well but no uh the the singing i want to say that steve buscemi kind of uh, has a good voice yeah yeah because like ben affleck was terrible you know, and then like Michael Clark Duncan was on the wrong note. <laughs> but yeah, hey, I dare you Leaving say, I dare you say a bad word about plane. Michael Clark Duncan. I don't have very many to say, but he was on the wrong note. I do like me some Michael Clark Duncan though, even in Daredevil. See the bright spot of Daredevil. <laughs> but you know, like Con Air, they they should have given Steve Buscemi this line is it's ironic that they're singing a song that's sung by someone that died in a plane crash because the original song is john denver and he died in a plane crash too just like the leonard oh, skinner yeah. joke in, in con air so unless he I, died in a plane crash after 98 yeah post 98 <laughs> no john john denver died before 1998 for sure um oh 97 he died in 97 oh i would i was i thought like i thought he died in like the like 80s or something 80s yeah. Yeah. yeah this movie would actually serve as a pretty good uh cross point for anybody playing the like six degrees of kevin bacon game i feel yeah i think so there there seem to be a lot of uh, careers that have come together in this movie like for michael clark duncan this is one of his first major roles like he had done a couple tv things before this but this was like i think his first big movie role fucking armageddon there you go 
I I do like when they decide to hop the cannon. I I like uh, the ever heard of evil Knievel, and the Russian says, "I never saw Star Wars." That was a good line. Lev, 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 yeah. the crazy Russian, the crazy Russian. Yeah, he he, uh, and he somehow makes it. Like he he's the survivor. Like yeah, I at was least shocked. they let <laughs> they, they let him live. Yeah. Because you have less uh, emotional attachment to him at that point, but I, I figure it's like, yeah, he went back for the picture. That's what saved him. When when the space station was blowing up, he went back for the picture of his family, and so you knew he had to get home. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 they show up to the other landing site, uh, the the crackling static when AJ shows up, like it's it was so reminiscent of Endgame. Like you know, I wanted on your left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was another scientific point I was curious about. There's a they conveniently like lose communication at some point when on the dark the, side of the moon. On the dark side of the moon. Yeah. When the gun the guns are getting pulled and people are deciding to detonate bombs and all. Yeah, this. yeah, a lot of guns on this space mission. Were they thinking they were going to find hostiles? Like. <laughs> Were they expecting it to be inhabited? Like, like Harry is throwing everything off this thing, saying this adds weight. We don't need this. This adds weight. You didn't take off the Gatling gun on Earth? <laughs> but thank God, because, like, at least AJ could shoot a hole in the side of the uh, shuttle to get the truck out. So there yeah, was I, that. So, something tells me that that's one of the inaccuracies. I do not, I do not envision any scenario where NASA has, like, gatling gun equipped space rovers yeah and how well do bullets work in a lower gravity do they work better or do they work worse like yeah that's true i i I guess less resistance so they would probably be faster Mm -hmm. i well i don't know yeah I, I, I do like that, like, Rockhound does, like, just start shooting at the asteroid. Maybe that was their plan. If we can't drill, maybe we'll just shoot our way down. <laughs> Get the last 10 feet by shooting it. I was kind of annoyed when this, like, after the Russian space station explodes and the Freedom lands, that, like, they've gone through so much already to get to this point. Did the story need the extra, the extra obstacle of the like extra hard ground? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The 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 steel plate that they landed on. Yeah. Does it did it need the extra obstacle of like you know limited radio contact? Does it need the extra obstacle of the the asteroid now on a you know spinning on more than one axis? Like. <laughs> yeah. It's like things just spiral out of control so fast. Yeah. As as soon as they get there, that you're kind of just like we're already. It's the you already only had, you know, twelve days or however long to blow this thing up. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, like, okay, so they they've got the zero barrier that they're heading towards, and it has to be blown before they hit this barrier, so that the pieces will go harmlessly back past the Earth. But when they showed the video mock-up of it happening, like, they said that after it hits zero barrier, it's going to take, like, three hours to hit the Earth. But for some reason, as soon as it blows, 
it like goes past the earth at a pretty fast speed so it's like did the nuke make it faster too like that's not three hours that it's immediate that it starts passing the earth i don't know there there's zero barrier is off that's all i'm thinking yeah i was very confused when they blew that when harry blows the bomb that in in the original thing they make it sound like it's basically like gonna just explode the whole thing into tiny little bits from the inside and then they're just like the smaller bits will break up in the atmosphere as they come down yeah but in, in the scenario as it actually happens it like it splits the thing in two at like the perfect time so that the two halves just like split off and go around the earth yeah no and that that was the plan all along what oh, they said it? about okay. yeah but they were saying that the rest of the pieces would be vaporized by the blast oh, okay. but the the two main pieces would go and just you know yeah okay N nicely avoid the earth yeah <laughs> yeah but they had to do it before zero barrier otherwise it was going to collide with the earth but that's that's what i'm saying though is they said that there was still three hours after zero barrier before they would hit but then all that of a sudden, also boom, seems like a right very back. like a very complicated math problem that never even like gets remotely explained for the layman like just yeah. the physics of like you would have actually had to blow that thing up at the exact perfect time for it to basically just the two big halves just orbit around and go well any know. any time before that it would have been okay though yeah, who who cares if you like blow it way early and you know end up crushing mars with it fuck <laughs> mars <laughs> yeah i guess we only care about the usa <laughs> uh yeah well uh we make the last 250 feet because uh, thanks to AJ and his cocksure attitude that he can make it. And then we get like the next uh, hiccup is the rock storm and yes. the nuke timer gets wrecked. So someone's got to die. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the world killer seeks its vengeance. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's going to take at least one of them with them. <laughs> it needs its it needs its sacrifice. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So they draw straws, and it's AJ. Yeah. Uh, you know, and really, you know, we talked about the cast list and everything like that, but we didn't even go down the astronauts. I gotta say, like, I I didn't even touch on the lines about like, you know, is it just me or is Watts really hot? You know, stuff like that, or you know, like the whole thing about kicking him in the balls, like. You know, that, that's what the armadillo jump is, is the kicking in the balls maneuver, right? You know, like, like there's just so many people in this movie that it's like, but yeah, the pilots that are left, it's not, is it even Watts at this point? No, she's dead, isn't she? No, she's alive. She's oh, it, it, it's, it's her and it's Colonel Sharp, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, okay. That's who's left. Yeah. So they, they can't draw straws because someone's got to fly them home. So it's up to AJ, up to AJ to save the world. Except, uh-oh, Harry pulls the old switcheroo. Harry, that devil. He keeps his, keeps his promise to his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, so we get the big uh, tearful goodbye with AJ and, you know, like, I love you. Oh, Harry, no. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Even though this is the only, like, like I said, 
this was the only part of this movie that I knew going into it. So like the ending was kind of spoiled for me. Yeah. I still, yeah, I guess so. I was like tearing up at the end of this when this happened. I was, it was so moving and so just like well done. Like that 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 aspect of it when uh like when he sends AJ back pulls his tube and sends him back in. But then the whole thing with the, with like Grace at the mission control or whatever. Yeah, I have to break a promise radio. to you. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it was like man. Brute, like I don't know. But some Bruce Willis Bruce with Willis. hair. Yeah. Bruce Willis <laughs> with hair. He he can he can act some uh some good good scenes. Yeah. See, only 12 movies left until he goes bald and just becomes Bruce Willis. <laughs> That's when the bad diehards start getting made. And That's right, yeah. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, can't be too hard on Bruce Willis because of his whole dementia issue right now. So it's like, yeah. I liked him in this. I liked him in this. And he did, yeah, it it also had me a little bit, even though I've seen this a million times, like this time around, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it actually got me. It actually got yeah. me in the feels. Yeah. Uh, the, the You know, again, everything that wants to go wrong goes wrong. So, of course, the ship doesn't want to start either. Right. So Lev fixes things the Russian way and bangs him with a giant wrench. <laughs> yeah. No. What, what if you just made it worse? <laughs> like but they get out of there harry blows the nuke everybody's life is saved on earth and we get the this big patriotic slow motion homecoming michael bay at his best the jets doing a flyby i mean they put that together awfully fast i have to say but i guess the thing that they're doing where they fly by and one pulls up suddenly it's something that's called the missing man formation and it's it's a tribute to the fallen warrior so it's a tribute to harry is as the jets fly by and the one flies away yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah so yeah again you guys pulled that together pretty fast <laughs> yeah i don't know why but when sharp comes up and is like permission to shake the hand of the bravest uh, to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man i ever met i was like yeah I don't okay, know. buddy. I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah. Still, I don't know if I like you at all. <laughs> I liked you up until now, and he, now, he, eh. like, unfortunately for William Fitchner, he just has one of those faces where I'm just like, "You're the bad guy, always." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he does end up as the bad guy in a lot, I think. Yeah, but you're right; the face doesn't help. But then we get some wedding videos during the end, and we find out that. It, her dad's picture was there, so at least he got to attend the wedding. Question. Are we... I was thinking about this afterwards. There's, like, a little girl standing on the steps, like a flower girl, but it seem, she seems close enough that they're trying to tell us that that's their daughter. And then I was thinking back, like, in terms of the timeline of things, like, was, was she pregnant all this time and they just never... Like, was yeah. that why he was playing on her belly with the animals? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, Maybe I'm thinking too, into it too much, but. Yeah, it could be, but I don't know. Yeah. Because I feel like if, if if it had been a while, like, let's be realistic. Her dad's picture would be there, but they ain't going to have Max and Oscar and these people. <laughs> uh, 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 
Well, I, who would AJ's groomsmen have been? Yeah, I don't know. Right? Like, wasn't he really tight with Oscar? Because well, Oscar maybe. was closer to his age, right? Yeah, maybe, I guess. I mean, I like the point where Harry's chasing him with the gun and Bear steps in front of him. He's like, you don't want none of this, Bear. Just giving my man a head start. You know, so I don't know, Bear. No, Bear was in the audience, so Bear wasn't a groomsman. Yeah. So maybe maybe the people that were in the pictures, maybe that was his wedding party. <laughs> it's like an I love you man type situation. He needed to find some friends. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. these cardboard cutouts will do. He's like, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to cho- uh, choose between Bear and Rockhound and all the guys that are still alive. So I'll just say no. It, it's it's Max and whatever Owen Wilson's character was. But I mean, you know, in this movie, playing Owen Wilson, like he might as well have just been named Owen Wilson. Oscar, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. But he's always doing the same Owen Wilson thing, no matter what. Yeah, he didn't really get to explore his range in this one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How are you going? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do I can't do a good old Owen Wilson. Even though I just finished watching Shanghai Noon, I should be better at it. <laughs> <laughs> And well, yeah, the the wedding video I guess was filmed with Ben Affleck's personal camera, because that's what gave it the special, you know, look to it. You know, the special Super Eight look. look yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's he cool. filmed everything that he wasn't in for that for that bonus part during the credits. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. And there we go, the end. And that is Armageddon. Well, oh I boy, think, I don't think we missed a thing. <laughs> so colin on imdb it scored 6.7 out of 10 has a meta score of 42 on rotten tomatoes it has 43 percent on the tomato meter and an audience rating of 73 percent but colin those are just numbers like dotty hitting the eastern seaboard hit us with some reviews okay home stretch here we go all right i totally forgot that this was something i do for this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but here we go Larry Trig Tringali gives the movie 5 out of 5 stars and says this movie has it all action, comedic relief, love story heroic bonding and patriotism the slew of amazing actors that bring this epic story to an audience are all exceptionally talented and without a doubt true heroes in the entertainment industry as well as in life <laughs> God bless the individuals responsible for bringing this movie to life nice <laughs> God bless them all. God bless them, everyone. Mark Blomquist says, Thumbs up, but only because I liked the movie at the time. Who can say no to the planet getting creamed by asteroids? In retrospect, it was really commercialized with the music videos being piped into everybody's alarm clock. Ugh. Planet decides America will have to save the planet again, so America picks a team of drillers led by the guy from Moonlighting. Dude knows Moonlighting and dealt with Demi Moore, so yeah, but his crew? Not sure he knows people very well. Demi Moore? Not bad for 1990X. Does this guy only know Bruce Willis from Moonlighting? Is that the, is that what we're dealing with here? This guy has never seen another Bruce Willis movie, and he's like, he he puts in Armageddon, and he's like, oh shit, that's David from Moonlighting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Teresa Lewis says. I'm not one to throw out the baby with the bathwater, meaning that I did like the message of this movie, but I wish it were more biblically correct. 
Like, when we all get called home, I don't think we'll stop to fold our clothes. Also, this Messiah devil is wearing glasses. If he were the true Messiah, he wouldn't need glasses. LOL. Don't get me wrong. I did enjoy this movie. Just pointing out some things that stood out to me. No, I don't think you did. Roki! <laughs> That's, uh... Who who is wearing glasses? <laughs> yeah, who who is the devil? Uh, okay, let's see. Kevin K. Ray Reinhardt says five out of five stars, but then says one of the worst, loudest, slowest, most boring, most confusing, most forgettable, most illogical, and most unrealistic movies I've ever watched in my entire life. Michael Bay seriously needs to stop directing movies. This movie is overrated, mindless, stupid, illogical, unrealistic, confusing, forgettable. Atrociously paced, sleep inducing, and full of one dimensional characters. Armageddon is a horrible and boring film. The only reason I saw this movie was because Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Michael Clark Duncan, and Steve Buscemi were all in it. Michael Bay sure must love wasting great actors in his crappy movies. Okay, so he, he said 5 out of 5 stars, but then in his review puts a rating of 1.4 out of 10. So I don't know if Kevin realizes that by like rating it 5, like no one might read to the end of his review so if he puts five out of five stars and people are going to think that it's good yeah well if you're listening kevin now you know yeah you know babita sharma says i too want to become an astronaut now i have to got some inspiration from this movie it is very thrilling in the part where the independent shuttle crashes i literally started crying i wish to go on a thrilling mission to save the loving earth got a little scared too from india Thank you for letting us know where the review was coming from. Oh, here. Actually, let's end on this one. Carson Peterson says, five out of five stars. One of my most favorite disaster films is the Citizen Kane of disaster movies. (laughs) Michael Bay is very good at making movies, and this is another amazing film from him. The actors did a great job, and the action scenes are well done. and and, And he and producer Jerry Bruckheimer created another memorable film. I think Carson Peterson and uh, K-Ray there need to fight. <laughs> Cage match. Yeah. One for the ages. Right on. So, yeah, I mean, not huge high ratings. We're, we're averaging 70% from audiences and 40% from critics, or 42, 43. Yeah, this is one that uh, I don't care. I still love it. I'm not going to say anything bad about Armageddon, really. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's, but uh, God, it's, it's fun. It makes me laugh. It's still, you know, it dropped me in some feels. It, it's, it's everything I want a Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay movie to be. If I go see one of these movies, I know what I'm getting and I still get it with Armageddon. And it's, it's been a little too long since I've watched this. I'm glad I revisited it. I, I still love it. And it's it's still the better of the meteor movies, I think, because Deep Impact uh, came out the same year, and I, I I still like this one more than Deep Impact. I I don't visit that one nearly as often. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think it's a pity that it took me this long to watch this movie. Yeah. Again, I think I was misguided, and maybe all the advertising misrepresented what it was to me. So yeah. But uh. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, like you said. I thought, I mean, the cast is just incredible, and I feel Stacked. like everybody has their moments. 
despite, I guess, what the cast says or people involved in it say, I, I thought it was a fairly well-acted movie with a good story, a lot of really emotional parts. The ending was, was like, very touching. Everyone in this movie probably has other movies to be more embarrassed about than this true uh, they they really do i mean it's i i only listed ben affleck's and it's like no they they all have embarrassing movies armageddon is okay don't worry about it yeah i, w- I would never say that is. armageddon is a, is a movie that you need to be embarrassed about i yeah. just don't even think it's in that conversation of like bad movies like this no. isn't this is in no shape a bad movie yeah the only thing the other thing if i had to critique something about it i would just say it's one of those movies where like the story simultaneously like they do things really fast and then they slow things down and put like so many obstacles in the way where you're just like you're just kind of like oh is this ever going to end or like what's next like like can we move on like can we so that was that was the only thing but I I mean so, may, maybe we should be criticizing the fact that it is such a macho movie with the fact that there's only like two two real female characters. You yeah, know, that's true. Be, yeah. And and for all the advertising that I feel like I saw Liv Tyler in, she doesn't really she's not there a whole lot. Like she's kind of no. just there to be looked at. She has yeah. she's one of those characters where like she's just the pretty girl that they wanted to put on the poster. If Titanic hadn't done well with their love story, she probably wouldn't have even been in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> N- knowing that information, it, it really does feel like her position in this movie is shoehorned in. Well, you can even kind of see it because if I had to guess the original cut of this movie, she, like the daughter was sleeping with AJ, but it was kind of just like a non-factor. Like yeah. it was like just something you felt they had that funny scene and then they just moved on and like it would never happen again or maybe just like, enough to break them off yeah and yeah. but then but then the scene where like Harry is creepily watching them make out in the uh the I don't know some back room in NASA it's like okay well that's one that was probably added right like you know that that's the part of the love story that or the scene where they just drive out to the middle of nowhere to eat animal crackers yeah but i liked it oh yeah i I would i would highly recommend to anybody to go watch this movie if you haven't seen it like me yeah well half a billion dollars i don't know how many people that is yeah (laughs) (laughs) well fine anybody born in the 2000s yeah there you go maybe putting off watching watching armageddon because it's an old movie maybe you should go check it out give it a chance come on Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Well, there we go. That's Armageddon. And that's our show for this week. Oh, boy. If you like that show, one thing you can do to really help us out, uh, just tell people. Share our posts. Tell people to, you know, uh, listen to our show or go to whatever app you listen to your podcast on. Give us five stars or become an executive producer by going over to patreon.com slash I used to like this one. And then you get a shout out just like Joshua Blum of the 13th Hour Podcast. Then drop us a line at I used to like this one at gmail.com. Let us know how cool we are. Let us know how much you like the show. Let us know what movies you used to like and what movies you want to hear us talk about. And then maybe you'll find us talking about them and maybe you can join us and talk about 
them with us. Also, DMs after are open. Yeah. DMs are open. Slide in. Yeah. I have some yeah. shameless plugs to do. I am. If you are in the Edmonton area, I'm going to be performing in the Walter Dale Theater Show uh, called All My Sons. It's going That's up right. on October 11th to 21st, 2023, yep. in Edmonton, Alberta. If you're an international listener, like one of these people from I don't know what's a random country we've just been in. Isle of Man. I if have anybody, never heard of. If anybody from the Isle of Man wants to fly to Edmonton, I will not pay for your flight. But if you let me know, I will buy you a ticket to my show. And and, and you can be on this show. <laughs> and you can be on this show too. And you can tell us all. About, I'm pretty sure the Isle of Man is like it's, it's, off it's the near coast the UK. Of, yeah, it's yeah. like in between the UK and Ireland. I think. I think so. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a whole country though. Never heard of it. Also, shameless plug not for me, but for our uh, our the band that does our opening and exit credits, Carter and the Capitals. I don't know what happened to the algorithm on my Instagram, but the other day I was scrolling through and the song came on from them called oh, sad. Sad, In- "Sad Inside." Yeah, and that song is so good everybody yeah. you need to go on spotify and listen to it and get them some streams and make them the most popular band on the entire planet so that maybe we can just ride their coattails to start them see i i've been talking about them for three years man they are a good group they they have some funky jams i just said funky jams but they they do no they they've got some they've got some bangers yeah yeah i i don't know why it's like i don't know like it's just a weird it's a weird algorithm mystery to me, but I heard it and now I'm, I'm going through the back catalog, but that's that song in particular. I really yeah. I, I like uh, I like Stank a lot. No, they kick ass. They kick ass, yeah. Right on. Yeah, so yeah, music by Lyndon Carter. Look for his band Carter in the Capitals. Anywhere you miss listen to music. There there hasn't been a better plug for his music on this show, I have to say. And if you want to hear more from me and my stories of being a bus driver, check out my other podcast in front of the yellow line, anywhere pods are cast. So so Colin, there we go. That's that's Armageddon. Now next week. Oh yeah, boy. next week we're watching the Jim Carrey classic. And I'm pretty sure this movie might be my introduction to Jim Carrey. Liar, liar. Liar, liar. I'm very oh. excited. Oh, the, the the pen is blue, Colin. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Liar, Liar too. Yeah, it's uh. I'm I, kicking my ass. Do you mind? <laughs> is this our? Th- this is our third Jim Carrey, I guess. Right? Ace Ventura and the Mask are the other two. I don't think we've done uh, any yeah, other Jim Carrey. Yeah. I honestly, for some reason, I had thought we did Liar Liar already. Yeah. And even as I was watching, I was like, man, I swear, I, I haven't gone back to check because I'm just trusting you would know. But yeah. I was like, even as I was watching it, I was just feeling like I had watched this movie recently enough that it could have only been for this show. Yeah. Well, there we go. But maybe, maybe I better go double check. Your Mandela yeah. affecting yourself. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this movie. It's it's one of my favorites. Right on. Well, there we go. That's our show for this week. I'm Sean Wells. And I, as always, am Colin Stewart. And join us next time when we take a look at Liar Liar on I Used to Like This One. Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, no. Not not, not the Zoom again. Okay. Oh, well.
we'll, we'll, we'll just pray, I guess. Uh, let me pray to the horn. Uh, yeah. Glasses wearing Messiah. The glasses wearing Messiah. <laughs> <laughs>